0: Thanks for listening to the Voices of UMass Med, featuring the people, ideas, and advances of UMass Medical School.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this new episode of the Voices of UMass Med podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Berryman. Today, we're happy to have two of our very own School of Medicine students joining us. They have created their very own Narrative Medicine Podcast. It was developed as a capstone project and is titled Murmurs, Stories from Our Journey in Medicine. Welcome. I'm so happy to be talking with both of you today.
2: Thank Thank you so 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 much for
1: having us. So let me introduce you, Divya Bhatia. You're a medical student who will be graduating this year. Congratulations.
0: Thank you.
1: And Chue, you're a third-year medical student. Take us back. How did the two of you meet when you came to UMass Medical School? So I think we
2: met because of the podcast. I think Dr. Silk sent out kind of almost like a mass email to people who are interested in like medical humanities um, asking who was interested in creating a podcast with him. And I think we were probably the only two to respond to that email. Yeah, I think, so I had reached out
0: to Dr. Silk at some point, cause I was like, why don't we have a podcast at UMass? That would be so fun. And I just love listening to other podcasts and I, felt that it would be super valuable to have something like that at UMass, so i reached out to him and he was like okay let me treat let me see if i can find some other interested students and so that's how i met true way and um it just kind of worked out that like we were both super passionate about this project and it's been such a team effort
1: so divya talk a little bit more about that you said you had thought that um a podcast there was a void there was something you know something that was that could be improved so what was that need that you saw that you were seeking to fill? Yeah so for me
0: I think I have always been um a very like reflective person and I know that Chui is too because we've had so many conversations about this um but I I find that in really hard times like you know med school is really hard and there's a lot of times when we go through challenging experiences but we don't have the time or the headspace to reflect on those experiences, um, whether they're positive or negative. And I think that doing that has always helped me to kind of, you know, regroup and try to find more meaning or more joy in whatever it is that I'm doing. And I think for me, that really fuels me forward. Um, And it helps me kind of continue through those moments where you're a little bit worn out and tired because naturally that will happen. I really enjoy listening to things. I feel that it's just easier to do sometimes. And I think it's more accessible rather than reading. And I really enjoy reading and I really enjoy writing, but I think for me, the void was there that there wasn't really a space for us to listen to other people's stories who are likely in our same boat or from, you know, attendings who have like wisdom from their experiences. And so I wanted to create a space for that. And Ju Wei was also super motivated for that. And she herself is, a way bigger writer than I am.
1: Shue, add on to this thought, you know, particularly for students, why is this storytelling important?
2: I think it's important for quite a number of reasons. Um, So I think that when you look at medicine in particular, um, in terms of what physicians are kind of getting from patients is the patient's story, right? So once you kind of understand the story of the patient, which also, I guess, correlates to like, why narrative medicine is so important, you kind of understand like not only their own disease process, but also like how has their disease process affected um, their daily life, um, their relationships with their family, stuff like that. And so I think for me, prior to medicine, I had like done like an English minor. So I was like very into like writing and like reading stories and that kind of aspect of it. But when I went to medical school, I think that like the first skills you learn is like how to talk to a patient, how to elicit their story in like a very clear manner, um, kind of how to piece together that story in your mind so that you can essentially tell it to the attending and the residents so that everyone's on the same page. And so um, I think for me, the allure of the podcast was in part like another way of telling stories and a way to kind of tell it Orally and conversationally, where we not only see the actual body of work that someone has made, but also kind of ask them what story brought them to that body of work.
1: As we mentioned, the podcast that you created is called Murmurs Stories from Our Journey in Medicine. And as you say, it covers a lot of topics. But I I think after listening to some episodes, what it does very nicely is to provide a space to honor the humanity the human experience in medicine, both I guess for the patients, but primarily for the caregivers. Because every episode you allow like a healthcare provider or somebody in training to reflect on an experience that they've had. And I have to say that some of the episode titles you chose were very intriguing. They have names like Dear Anonymous Donor or When I Did What I Swore I Would Never Do. And so I briefly just want to give our listeners um, a, a quick listen from that episode in particular. I spoke with her. No response. I held her hand. Nothing. I put pressure on the nail of her thumb. I squeezed hard. Still nothing. I backed up. I stood there. I said nothing. I walked slowly out of the hospital. I spoke with no one. I drove back to my office. I slowly composed an email to her son. So when you listen to that, the emotion in the physician's voice is so clear, What what is it that stands out to you about physicians who are sharing these very personal stories from their work?
0: Yeah, that is absolutely a really powerful episode. And for me, it is this aspect of connection, of feeling that you are not alone in, in feeling a certain way about a patient or about an experience. And I think that there's so much power in, telling your story because undoubtedly someone else feels similarly about a similar experience or just any experience. And I think in telling your story, you give other people permission to tell theirs and to feel their emotions. And I think that it really gives people, it normalizes that. I mean, what we're doing is tough and that's okay, but we're gonna talk about it and we're gonna process it. And we're all probably feeling this way about something or the other. But, you know, there is meaning in putting that story out there, whether it is to lament or to celebrate. And so I think that for me, that's been the most powerful piece is that connection that we're not in this alone,
1: we're in this together. Chue, do you want to add anything? Um...
2: I mean, honestly, I think Divya put it very, very nicely. I think that (laughs) like the bulk of our stories is like we want to share them. And I think like as a medical student, like listening to him talk about this very specific patient relationship that he had and kind of like this bond that he shared with the family, um, I think it kind of like made me wonder like what would it would be like for me as a physician, like would I have like faces and families that I have an incredible bond with, um, like, will I end up doing things? Because I think everyone in medical school will see something, especially third year, and be like, oh, like, I'm never gonna do that. Like, why are they doing that? And so it made me kind of think about like, what are some of the things that I don't quite like right now? And I guess like, think about like, how is it going to change for me in the future? Or if it will ever change for me in the future?
1: Right, and the the third year of medical school is when many students start spending the majority of their time in clinical settings, you know, working with patients. We should just mention that. Um, So there's another episode that we mentioned called Dear Anonymous Donor, and this features a medical student sharing a reflection about her time in the anatomy lab.
0: In my Navy apron, falling almost to my feet, I hovered over your body, ready to meet I thought I had been prepared all this
1: time, yet I was not expecting the strength of your presence. So that must be a tremendously powerful experience. Uh, I, I'm sure that stays with you as a, as a medical student. So can you reflect on your own uh, experience as a first year medical student in the anatomy lab? Yeah,
2: I think it was the first day especially at least for me because I think everyone has kind of different experiences about when those emotions kind of hit them or if they hit them at all but for me I think the first day was the worst so what happens on the first day is at UMass we come in um, we meet our donor for the first time there's a little um, kind of like paper laminated paper that sits next to them um, kind of tells us like kind of like why they wanted to be a donor gives us a little bit of a background about them as a person and we kind of, at least in my group, we kind of stood around and we like kind of introduced ourselves. We're like, oh, we're so-and-so um, just so that the donor, I don't know if like the donor could kind of get a sense of who we are because we we're going to spend months with this person. Um, And I think just like seeing, because like their head was kind of wrapped. So you, I, I didn't see the head, but just seeing the body there, I think, was really just hit me in a way that I didn't expect. So I remember leaving, that first day being like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get through anatomy lab. But then as you come back day after day, and I think in some ways it gets a bit easier and easier over time. But then at the end, I think I had like almost like another wave of emotion. Because one of our last um, sections was we would, um, dissect the head and so that actually involves like unwrapping the gauze and we see kind of see the face for the first time and I think that was also a huge moment for me where I was like oh my god like here's the face of the person that I've been working with these past few months. I would agree I think for my own experience I didn't really know what to
0: feel that first day going down and I remember in the episode actually. Um, Bridget Yang and Chui and I talk about the experience of how that first day is different for everyone and I was leaving the anatomy lab I was like I was very conflicted because I thought I was supposed to feel all of these emotions that I did not feel and for me it just came a little bit later I guess throughout the process I tried to approach it as scientifically as possible but I think for many people it's that that humanistic piece that comes first where obviously that was present in my experience but for me it was a little bit later. It took some time for that to develop just because this was such a novel experience. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and so I think that the way that Bridget talks about her experience of of what it feels like um, that first day, I think such a special moment for us because it is, kind of like the epitome of medical school, right? Your anatomy dissection class. It's such an, um,
1: it's a seminal moment in your medical education. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. And it's so um, ubiquitous. Every medical student everywhere will have that experience. And so it is something that I think, gives a lot of power to that, um, to that moment. And it was really nice that the anatomy course leaders actually offered that episode to the students, the new first year students who were going to be starting anatomy. And so many of them had the opportunity to listen to that episode before going in. And we got some nice feedback from them that they were thankful that that story was out there because they didn't know what to expect. And it kind of helped shape the way that they viewed that experience.
1: I wanna ask you both about your personal experience in creating the podcast and, and listening to these stories and considering the stories. And now you're on the verge of starting your own career as a physician. How has your work on the podcast sort of shaped your thinking about how you will balance sort of the mechanical academic needs of being a physician with managing the emotions of taking care of patients who come to you, you know, facing a variety of challenges, They're probably some might be open to your help, some might not be like how, it takes a, an emotional toll, I would think, to be a physician. And so as you're thinking about your own careers, how do you think about the skills to balance both of those and not get jaded and burned out, you know, and how, I would just be interested in your thoughts.
2: I think for me, since I'm still going through third year,
1: like this is my first year
2: ever really seeing patients on a daily basis, which I feel like I still can't wrap my head around. I'm still trying to figure out like how do you become that physician that is able to, I guess, understand a patient's situation very clearly and be able to um, convey to a patient what their situation is, but also still have that aspect of humanity where, For the patient, like this may be like, for example, this may be a physician's like hundredth time seeing a patient in like decompensated heart failure, but maybe for that patient, that's like their first time that this is happening. And it's very scary. Um, So I guess like I'm still trying to learn how to balance. And I think some days I feel more human and some days I kind of feel like I'm just like, let's get the day done. Like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm still trying to learn that process right now.
0: Absolutely, I am as well. It feels surreal that I am going to be a doctor soon, and <laughs> it's um, too soon. But I also would agree with Chuey, I think that for me, it can be—it's very repetitive sometimes to see patients, and you—and I—I I, you know I don't mean that in a bad way, but I—I I think that when you're going from one patient encounter to the other there isn't a lot of space to honor the humanity of each person in between. And so I think that this podcast has kind of showed me how valuable and beautiful it is to take a minute and just look back on your experiences, whether they're um, challenging or whether it was a patient you could help or someone who you couldn't help. And to let yourself kind of talk yourself through those emotions, whether it's, Um, through writing or talking to a peer and I think that all of those actions are in a way storytelling so in, in one way you are doing justice to the humanity of your patient because you're not just looking at them as like a diagnosis you're looking at them as a human and you're also doing justice to your own humanity by allowing yourself to process emotions and take the time to do that and sometimes it doesn't have to be like a sad or like, um, you know, a really challenging experience. It could just be the joy of, you know maybe talking to a child, I'm going into family medicine and obviously I love children. And so it's, it's sometimes just those small moments of, um, you know, finding meaning in, in those um, spaces, there's actually a book that I recently read by um, a physician, Dr. Pranay Sinha, and the book is called In the Space Between Moments, and he, in that book, writes a lot of short stories, and he encourages those who are going to enter the field of medicine to find that joy in those spaces between those moments, because medicine is hard, and it's a lot of work, and we are giving people, naturally, I think, who are, are drawn to this field, and I think that we also have to be you know, feeding back into our own souls and what fuels us. And I think that that's kind of what I will take forward with me into practice is, you know, I might not have the time to write all the time, but if I can take a few minutes to reflect on my day, um, it kind of honors the day, it honors the people I met, the people I served and also myself.
1: So while I'm sure you've enjoyed putting together this podcast season, uh, it was done for academic purpose. It was done as your Capstone project. So if you could just explain a little bit about what the capstone is and what your sort of academic findings were from this project that would I'd, I'd be interested to hear.
0: So the Capstone can be pretty much anything that you want it to be it can be academic, but we wanted to look at how can we increase the application of reflective practice and narrative medicine amongst medical students. And what we looked at is the use of podcasts as a teaching tool to, help students learn and encourage those reflective practices. I and Chwe wanted to do something that was not very quote unquote academic and we wanted to do something that was more fun. And um, you know, to find a way to evaluate that has been a challenge, but also really interesting. So essentially, we put out the, the six podcast episodes. And um, at the end of the season, we released our survey and the survey looked at different um, aspects of the podcast that, you know, asking listeners, did it encourage you to increase your reflection throughout your day? And just simple things like, did you enjoy this? Would you like to listen to more in the future? And we had overwhelmingly very positive feedback and it, it was very nice to hear that people enjoyed the podcast and enjoyed listening to the stories that were offered. And um, many
2: of them were interested in future content. One of the questions that we asked in our survey um, was also like, did the podcast help them be, um, did the podcast help listeners reflect on their own experiences in medicine? And did it change their interpretation of their own communication with patients? And I think that for a lot of the listeners who were in medical school residency, um, that was the case. I think they were able to reflect on their own experiences and also um, kind of look at their patient interactions in a different light as well.
1: Were you surprised, either of you, were you surprised that caregivers were willing to share such deeply emotional experiences?
2: I think personally, in some ways, yes and no, in the sense that I think that at least at UMass, there's a very strong medical humanities um, group. And so we already have events like MedMoth where there are physicians coming up and like basically reading aloud to an entire crowd of people um, live. And so I guess in that way, I wasn't that shocked that there are people who had stories. But I think that, um, for example, with Dr. Hatem's, like when I did what I swore I would never do, I think like I sometimes I never really imagined that they would be so. Personal in some sense. Because I think that a lot of times as a physician, and sometimes with the stories we tell as a physician, it's like someone, it's a story from someone who's looking at someone else, if that makes sense. Like we are watching the patient. We are the observer. We're not the one experiencing the pain um, or the sorrow to ourselves. And so I think that what struck me was that some of these stories, the f- it's focused a little bit more on like the physician's I guess
1: the physician's
2: promotion. lens.
1: Yeah, the physician's um, yeah. lens. Divya, how about you?
2: Yeah, I, I was
0: very pleasantly surprised at how open and vulnerable people who shared their stories were and how willing they were to share. Um, some of them actually wrote new pieces just for the podcast. And so I loved that, that it encouraged them to write. And I think what's been most um, a really nice kind of, Feeling That I think a lot of the listeners have had is that we can continue to use this podcast as a kind of like a tool to build community and bringing people closer over shared experiences. And I think that itself can help combat burnout, which is a huge problem in the field of medicine.
1: Yeah, and I also want to acknowledge Dr. Hugh Silk. He's a professor of medicine and family medicine and community health. He worked, I think, closely with you as your faculty advisor for your capstone. What do you want to say to him?
2: I don't think this would have been possible without him, to be honest. I think that um, this was like our capstone. He was just a capstone advisor, but I think that he might have done like an equal amount of work in the actual formation of the podcast itself as we did. Um, He was very active in terms of helping us interview patients. Um, So you'll hear his voice a lot in the podcasts. Um, And I think he was very helpful, an abundance of resources, just I think an amazing um, advisor overall. And it was really great to work with him. It's also great to see a role model in him that, you know, we enjoy being creative
0: and um, we enjoy the process of storytelling, and it's amazing to see someone at, like, you know, our mentor and attending level who espouses those beliefs. And so it gives us a lot of, it uh, gives me at least a lot of like encouragement that I'm in the right field, that there's people um, who enjoy reflecting and writing in
1: this field. Wonderful. Well, Divya Bhatia, good luck as you graduate and begin your career as a physician, and Chue, good luck as you dive into your third and fourth years of medical school. Thank, Thank you, you so much. So the podcast is called Murmurs Stories from our journey in medicine. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you wanna share an idea, a suggestion, or share some comments with the team that works on it after you listen to a few episodes, feel free to get in touch with them. The email is murmursumassmed at gmail.com.
0: Keep up to date with everything happening at UMass Medical School by following us on Facebook at UMass Med, on Twitter at UMass Medical, and on LinkedIn at University of Massachusetts Medical School.